You're listening to the Austin Elite Rugby Supporters Podcast, a podcast created by supporters for supporters of the Austin Elite, a major league rugby team located in Austin, Texas in the United States. We are not officially affiliated with the Elite. We are merely big supporters of the club and the sport of rugby. I'm your host, Dustin. I'm a former rugby player and a longtime rugby fan who wanted to bring weekly updates on the team, the matches, supporter events, and to do what I can to teach more people about the game of rugby. As a disclaimer, content may occasionally contain explicit language, as I do not censor the podcast in the interest of time and full effect. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone. This is episode one of our new weekly podcast. We're coming to you from the capital city of the Lone Star State, Austin, Texas. I'm excited for this first podcast, as I think it's going to be a way to help many of the new fans of Austin Elite Rugby and rugby in general learn more about the sport and hopefully bring the team and the players closer to the fans. Now, I'm a season ticket holder for the Austin Elite. And I was really excited beginning of the season and I began trying to organize more and more fans for the first game of the year for Major League Rugby here in 2019. So we managed to organize a few people, maybe 15 or so, right before the game against Houston. Now, this isn't a bad turnout, given the fact that we just started trying to organize it three days prior. So we all go in and I'm sitting in the stands surrounded by my wife, my friends, Even my boss and his son managed to make it to their first rugby game ever. There were also about 1,600 other fans. However, I noticed that throughout the game, there were many around me who knew little to nothing about rugby. So I found myself sitting there trying to explain the sport that I love to everyone in the crowd, well, at least in my close proximity, for pretty much the entirety of the match. So this got me thinking, how can I? Help spread the word about rugby and teach people the sport that I love and then grow the fan base here in Austin, Texas. I know. Let's do something really easy, like, say, start a podcast. (laughs) These are going to be my famous last words trying to start the podcast, but I hope it works for everyone. My goal in the podcast is going to be to educate people, to inform them about what's going on with the team and to excite the fan base here in Austin. The supporters we have around the world have made themselves known. Hello to the Mitchell family listening over in England right now. Austin has a long history of rugby in the city, and there are many new fans who are just now learning the game. What better way to learn about rugby than to get an education in rugby? So grab your pen and pencil. It's time for some schooling. This is a segment we call Rugby 101. Now, every week, I'm going to try to educate the fan base on different facets of the game of rugby. Of course, 
Being that this is the first episode, I feel as though a brief overview would be extremely helpful for all the new fans out there. So I did some digging, and I found a great article on USA Rugby's website. And it's, I mean, really helpful for all the new fans. So I figured, why don't we use this kind of to start our education? Today, I want to talk about players and positions, how to really move the ball on the field. And of course, what everybody loves and hopes to see more of is scoring. I think it's going to be simple enough. The sport of rugby has 15 players on each team. Everyone on the pitch plays offense and defense. Now, you may have noticed I just said pitch and not field. This is more terminology that we'll talk about later, but the field in rugby, we refer to it as a pitch. Like I said, each player plays offense and defense. They have jerseys numbered from 1 to 15, and anything above 15 are worn by substitute players. The players that are numbered 1 through 8 are called forwards. These players are typically the larger, maybe stronger players of the team whose main job is to win possession of the ball. Think of them as an equivalent to American football linebackers and offensive and defensive linemen. Now, players numbered 9 to 15 are the backs. These are usually the smaller, faster, and more agile players, and their main role in rugby is really to take that possession of the ball won by the forwards and do what they can to exploit the defense of the opposite team. This can result in scoring or even better field position. Backs in rugby are probably equated to running backs or wide receivers and even quarterbacks in American football. So now that we know basic positions and players, let's talk about the game of rugby itself. The rugby clock is continuous just as it is in soccer. There's no blocking in rugby. Additionally, rugby does not have downs, and it doesn't require you to go 10 yards and then stop. The person with the ball leads the attack, and of course there are several ways to move the ball in rugby. Any player, whether a forward or a back, may carry the ball, pass the ball, or kick the ball. Play is continuous, and so it doesn't stop even if you're tackled or the ball touches the ground. The only time play stops is when the ball goes out of bounds or there's even a penalty. So let's talk about the three different ways you can move a ball in rugby. Like I said, the first one is running. Very simple. When running the ball, a player may continue to run until they're tackled, until they step out of bounds or until they run beyond the try line or goal line, if you will. Players run to advance the ball forward toward the opponent's try line. Pretty simple. You can have forwards that run. You can have backs that run. There's no limits. You can also pass the ball. It's different than American football in that the passes can only be done laterally or backwards, never forwards. By throwing the ball forward, that's considered a knock-on. But we'll get into penalties a different podcast. Of course, any player can pass the ball as passing is one of the main actions in rugby. You can also kick a ball. Of course, just like running, just like passing, any player can kick the ball forward at any time. Once the ball is kicked, players of either team, regardless of whether or not the ball hits the ground, may try to gain possession. Now, players typically kick the ball to a teammate in an effort to advance it or to the opposing team 
in order to relieve poor field positioning, gain better field positioning. Consider it a little bit like punting for American footballers. Now let's talk about the rugby pitch. It's a little larger in size in comparison to a traditional American football field. The pitch is 100 meters long and about 70 meters wide. This is the traditional pitch throughout the world. Some may vary depending on the structure of their stadium, but for the most part, this is regulation size. Of course, I understand that I'm throwing a lot of information at you, and it's taken you a long time to write it down in your notebooks. But I want to talk about one of the most important things now, and that is scoring in rugby. In the game of rugby, there are three ways for a team to score points. The first is a try. Tries are worth five points and are awarded for a team for touching the ball down in the opponent's end goal area. Now, it's called a try because you actually do have to try to touch the ball down. And if you notice, we say you try to touch the ball down. And of course, we all know touchdown was adopted by American football. However, unlike American football, you actually do have to touch the ball to the ground in order to score. So that's the first way. The second way is a conversion. Following a try, two points are awarded for a successful kick through the goalpost. This is where things differ a little bit from American football. American football, you have your point after attempt, very similar to rugby, except for you kick it from straight down the middle. In rugby, the point after conversion, the attempt is taken on a line at least 10 meters straight out from the point where the ball was touched down. Think of it like this. If you touch the ball down in the middle underneath the goalpost, you can kick right down the middle. But if you score a try, say, next to the sideline, your kicker then has to kick the ball from that point along the sidelines, usually creating a more difficult kick for the conversion after. The final way to score is by penalty kick. Following a major law violation, the kicking team, of course, if in range, they have the option to kick for points. Much like the American field goal, three points are awarded for a successful penalty kick. The kick must be from the point of the penalty or anywhere in a straight line behind that point. And of course, the ball can be played if the kick fails. So we've discussed a lot of things here, and I've kind of done an information dump on you. So I think that this is a good place to stop for your rugby education today. Make sure you come back next week. We'll talk more about penalties and maybe get into some more detail about each and every one of the positions themselves. Congratulations. You've completed your first class in Rugby 101. Well, here we are. We're three weeks into the 2019 Major League Rugby season, and there have been many tightly contested matches around the country. The Elite have had three home matches that were all incredibly close. And of course, unfortunately, we've lost them all. What I want to do, I want to give you a brief recap of the three games and provide you my opinion on the games themselves, the way we've been playing, and just in general, talk a little bit about how I'm feeling about the team right now. Week one of Major League Rugby 
saw the elite host Houston Sabercats at Dell Diamond in what we call the Texas Derby, which is a battle between two inner city or interstate rivals. This is the opening game of the season that, man, it was a really, really tough game. And was it pouring down rain uh, at Dell Diamond in Round Rock? Throughout the match, Houston and Austin traded scoring chance after scoring chance. Both teams had really good possession of the ball in the first half. And, you know, Houston fly half Sam Windsor accounted for four penalty conversions for Houston at halftime. Now, that's 12 points for those of you that are just learning about rugby with the three points for each one of the conversions. That's some bonus rugby 101 for you. Austin had a good run of play and hooker Chris Shade was able to get the ball over the try line for five points. A successful point after conversion by Mikel Romero and then a converted penalty at the halftime whistle put the score at 10-12 in favor of the Sabercats. The first 20 minutes of the second half was pretty much the same. The forward runners were dominating the play, and then a kicking battle ensued. Windsor converted another penalty to give Houston a 15-10 lead, and then Austin kept the ball for about 24 phases in a row. Phases are the number of tackles for those of you that are new to rugby. Eventually, we got the ball over the try line, only to have the referee say that the ball was held up and that Houston's had stopped us. And held up in the try line means they did not touch the ball to the ground. So Austin had the advantage, though. And from the penalty spot right underneath the post, the Austin forwards drove another four phases for an Austin try. Romera easily converted the point after, and the score was now 17-15 to the elite at the 63rd minute. Windsor and Austin fly half, Timothy Gilliman, traded penalties to set the score at 20-18 with Austin leading. With just seven minutes left, the final moments of the match were nail-biting, with both teams really having golden opportunities to kill the game off. Eventually, the Sabercats worked themselves into the elite half, forced a penalty, and on the 10-meter line directly in front of the post, Windsor really just slotted home probably one of the easiest penalty conversions ever, with about two seconds left on the clock to give the Sabercats a 21-20 win. It was a tough loss in week one for Austin, but we did receive a bonus point for losing by less than seven points. Week two of Major League Rugby welcomed the Utah Warriors to Austin for their first game of the MLR season. Utah was Major League Rugby's top scoring team in 2018. That scoring proficiency was apparent early in the match on February 1st, as the Warriors jumped out to a quick 7-0 lead after a try from flanker Arwa Elkington. Timothy Gilliman cut into the Utah's lead with two converted penalty kicks for a 7-6 deficit, but Utah continued to show off their scoring prowess with a second try scored by Lance Williams, giving them a 14-6 lead over Austin. Throughout the match, Austin had difficulties with their set pieces. We lost lineouts, we had bad scrums, and penalties really hurt the elite. They were able to get another three points from Gilliman, before halftime, but that's where the scoring stopped for Austin. The second half exhibited solid defense from both teams, but Utah, they really avoided mistakes and penalties. As I said before, Austin didn't. Towards the end of the match, there was a questionable call from the officials on a Gilliman penalty kick, which on replay looked good. Now, I'm not going to get into what the call the ref did or did not make, as there were some clearly missed calls throughout the match, However, the difference in the game came down to Austin's inability to score tries and avoid penalties and mistakes. The Warriors scored another three points off a penalty kick to take a 17-9 lead. 
On the next kickoff, a brilliant kick by Gilliman allowed Captain Ben Mitchell to beautifully take the ball at full speed into the Utah 22, force a Utah penalty. However, the quick take on the penalty resulted in a near try-line knock-on, which gave the ball right back to the Warriors. Gilliman couldn't connect on the final three kicks, including that questionable one, and the Elite fell to Utah 17-9. The Elite third game of Major League Rugby in 2019 saw the Toronto Arrows come to Dell Diamond on February 8th. The Arrows are one of two new teams to Major League Rugby in 2019, along with New York. Like the previous two matches, this one was another close one. The match started off great for the Elite, and Timothy Gilliman had an opportunity to put three points on the board, but his kick from about 45 meters out sailed wide to the right. Toronto capitalized after one of the Elite players was sent off to the sin bin for 10 minutes for foul play. Arrows back Avery Oidoman received an offload from Spencer Jones and busted through the Elite defense for a try. Austin then cut into the lead when Gilliman hit a penalty kick to make the score 5-3, but then missed a chance to take the lead when he missed the second penalty of the night. The Elite had great opportunity when Toronto Arrows player Rob Brower was sent to the sin bin for a neck roll on Mason Pedersen. But once again, we were stopped and we lost the ball back to Toronto. However, with about one minute left in the first half, scrum half Marcelo Torrealba found a gap and sliced through the Arrows defense for a try. Gilliman was able to put the ball through the uprights for a 10-5 halftime lead. In the second half, Toronto scored quickly with a penalty kick from Sam Malcolm, but Gilliman answered right back with a converted kick of his own. Yet, Timothy had another missed penalty kick just a few minutes later. The Arrows turned to their attack with a punishing scrum that led to a Colby Francis try to bring the score 13-all. Malcolm converted the point after to take the 15-13 lead and then put the arrows up five points with another converted penalty. Gilliman got another chance to score from the tee and cut the lead to 18-16 to Toronto. After Ben Mitchell stole a lineout and resulted in a penalty, Austin was then able to take the lead after a Mikel Romero slotted home the three-point attempt. However, the elite just couldn't hold on to the 19-18 lead and Toronto player Dan Moore blocked an attempted clearance kick and raced the try line to score for the Arrows and give them a 23-19 lead with just minutes to play. Austin forced their way to the 10-meter line of Toronto, and we were moving the ball forward very effectively. But, as the case has been in previous games, a penalty against Austin for not releasing the ball gave the Arrows the victory. Austin falls to 0-3, with two points for losing the Toronto and Houston game by less than seven. As I said earlier, it has been a tough season so far. We've battled some close games, and I want to share my thoughts three games in. For those of you that are part of our Facebook group, you might have already seen this, so I will try to summarize it as best I can. All in all, discipline is killing us at the breakdowns. We dominate the lineouts for the most part, I'd have to say that even though Tim has hit a few penalties, he's missed some key ones that have given us the opportunity inside the opposition half. I I know Tim is a good kicker. I just think he's a bit out of his groove compared to last year. We have our chances to kick to touch. We have lineouts. We're effective, but we just don't take our opportunity. Against Toronto, the malls were solid for us, but we got absolutely destroyed in the scrums, 
even when we had a man advantage. I agree that we got to start addressing this. The back line against Toronto played much better than the previous two weeks. Reese Zarnacki had a great game with amazing movement, and really he had probably what could have been one of the tries of the season if it weren't for an unlucky bounce. Week over week, we've been making improvements, but we keep shooting ourselves in the foot when it comes to penalties or when it comes to not executing effectively. I know we have the talent and we have glimmers of some spectacular play. Now, I know there's some injuries that are also occurred. I haven't heard much on Mason, but I hear everything's okay after that neck roll the other day. There are times where I hate criticizing the ref because there were questionable calls in the scrum or in the previous week against Utah, there were some questionable calls on the penalty kicks. But it, it just seems as though we are not clicking on all cylinders. All in all, every game has been a tough loss. Like I said, we shoot ourselves in the foot inside the opponent 22 with handling errors and penalties. Gotta get that stopped. So now we have 10 days before the Glendale Raptors come to Dell Diamond for the next round of Major League Rugby. We have the talent to win, and, and we will. I know the elite can compete with everyone, and really our defense shows it in how tight these games have been. So keep the faith. We're going to get organized because I know the best is coming. We're just a few lucky bounces or a few penalties that we don't end up getting called against us away from winning every single game that we've played in already. So don't lose hope as we know we're going to continue to work hard and we're going to continue to fight in every single match that we're playing in. On to next week and on to the next game. Thank you for taking some time to listen to this podcast, learn more about rugby, get some summaries of what's going on on the team, but I also want to tell you some great things that are happening outside of the games themselves. So some great news just came out last week that the ticket prices have been changed for the home games. This is a great move by the elite front office as they listen to the fans to continue to grow the sport here in Austin. So if you're looking for tickets before you go, you can visit www.austineliterugby.com. As we continue to build our supporters group out, I want to tell you all about how you can find out more. We want you to join us on Facebook, and for all the latest information and activities, we'll post regularly there. I can tell you that we are working on some great new deals and programs to continue to grow our fan base, our supporters group, and the game of rugby. In fact, in less than two weeks, we've gone from two people to 202 people, and we'll continue to keep growing. This coming Sunday, February 17th, Austin Elite take on Glendale Raptors at Dell Diamond. Kickoff time is 6 o'clock, and the supporters group will be holding a tailgate party at 3 o'clock. We're happy to announce that Lake Austin Ales will be there supplying beer for the party. So bring some food and bring your friends. Come out, learn a little bit more about rugby, and join us for the tailgate party at 3 o'clock in the western parking lot at Dell Diamond. We look forward to announcing other great things that are going to be happening at the tailgate party through our Facebook page. If you haven't joined the Facebook supporters group yet, please do so. Go on to Facebook, type in Austin Elite Rugby Supporters Group, and just click on the join group. I want to say thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen to this podcast. My goal is to keep it pretty short and pretty sweet. Again, 
I want to educate you about the game of rugby if you don't know or if you need a refresher. I want to inform you on everything going on with the team, summaries of games, what to look for. And then I also want to help grow the sport of rugby in Austin, Texas. And that's why I created the supporters group. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for us to connect with one another, to get out, to support the elite, and to help grow the game of rugby in Austin. If you have friends that have never been to a rugby match, bring them out this Sunday and show them what Austin Elite Rugby is all about. We need your support and we need you to help cheer on our team. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all the latest updates on Austin Elite Rugby. Follow us on our Facebook page, as I mentioned before, and I look forward to seeing you all out at Dell Diamond for all future matches. Thanks again. My name is Dustin, and we'll see you on the pitch.